What up, what up, what up, what up? Thanks again for tuning in. This is Deactivated Podcast, your boy Ebu, live and direct, of course. As always, you can catch me if you are able. If I'm able to get this video right, you're going to see this on YouTube. This is new shit that I'm trying. Listen, I don't know if it's going to work, but we're going to try it out. But um, special kind of day today. It's snowing outside. We are in Toronto. It is cold. Um, but this has been in the making for a long time, and my man has decided to pull up on me. Finally, after a few months, here's what I like about this podcast shit. And maybe some people that listen to it might not understand thoroughly is that Though these might come out on a weekly basis, bi-weekly These things, we put in um, the background work for a couple months at a time And my guest today, you can see it on the YouTube But for those listening in, has been um, an example of that Like we've been talking about this for a long time He's been busy, I've been busy And now we find it on a Sunday night to link up and, and give y'all this Hopefully about an hour or so conversation um, So to introduce him with no further um, Now I was going through Also just to preface this He's one of the only artists To come to my podcast But to give me work To look into So I want to give him a big shout out for that Because a lot of y'all And I don't want to brag about me But I am kind of good at this shit On the low So like I could figure questions but he definitely made my job much. I didn't have to go to look for shit. I'm like, oh, all the resumes here. You know what I mean? So for artists coming in, I think <clears throat> something to learn from this, and even me, I didn't realize how important this was until you did it, is that, yeah, like, because I, I don't know the work prior to when I get introduced to you. So unless I'm a fan of you, I don't go back and do the research and figure out anything like that. Uh, so once again, he made my job easier. So he is a multi Disciplinary artists with multilingual upbringing represent both Gabon and Congo, which I'm, I, I got questions about that, right? Okay. Um, spent some time in France, which I think when we spoke was a given because obviously we I knew you were French and things like that, or at least spoke French. And uh, before moving to the greatest city in Toronto in the world, sorry, which I claim to be, of course, Toronto. Don't argue me about that. It is the greatest city. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, in the studio right now, we have Borel Son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having, thanks for having me. And then, like you just said, it was, you know, a long overdue. And yeah. now, you know, made it happen. So I'm really happy to be here. And, uh, yeah. Talk to me about the Gabon and Congo, right? Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to understand, like, are you, is that where you grew up or that's part of your heritage? Yeah, so actually, it's actually where I grew up. So um, my dad is from Gabon, and okay. my mom is from Congo, Kinshasa. Okay. And then I was actually, yeah, born and raised in Gabon. And then um, after that, after high school, I went on to um, spend some years in France, not before, like, higher education. Yeah. And then, yeah, after that, I always just knew that I wanted to live in North America, right, whether the States or Canada, and then... I just made it happen at some point. I tell my family that I think it's time for me to um, take that leap of faith, and then I moved here in Toronto. And ever since, I've been, you know, living my best life. What What makes somebody like you be inspired or even be triggered to move to France? And was France part of like the stepping stone? Did you did Did you think you would just stay in France, or did you always knew no? I needed to get to North America. How I do it is going through is going mm-hmm. through France. Yeah, so I always knew that at some point I would yeah, spend my life in North America. But um, for France, I think it was just the, the easy option. 
because um, um, especially Gabon is a former French colony, so most right. of the people after high school or just when they want to go like after high school for higher education or even just for vacation most of the time the first country we think about is France yeah so and being the youngest in my family all my siblings were already there so actually that was just easy to go there because we had no family in North America so then yeah the parents were just like yeah just go there and then that's gonna be easier but me I just always knew that I wanted to you're like now France is not it (laughs) I mean it was good but to be honest it just came from my uh, upbringing because so my mom used to work for um, the US embassy in Congo back in the day when she met my dad so growing up it always been like a mix of the African culture, right? Gabonese, Congolese, and then also the Francophone culture, the American one. But it's just that beside the African one, obviously, the one that I resonate more with, I think, yeah, I always felt more like an attraction. Um, the, the one that was more like appealing to me was, yeah, the, the American one, the North American one, you know, yeah. that idea that you just go there and then you work hard and whatever you want to do in life, you can make it. So. And to me, I was like, yeah, my mindset is more like that one where just like you go and get it, you work hard and you do whatever you want to do in life. So that's why I always just knew it was a matter of time. And then, yeah. What was it like? Because I mean, and I have a lot of French friends that are like born and raised in Paris. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of them now move to Toronto and things like that. What was that like? Because I, I have my own theory <laughs> on France. <laughs> and uh, it's... it's uh, I, yeah, I, have my, I feel ways about certain things. But I want you, since you lived there, because I've actually yeah. never lived there. I've only oh, okay. been there for like maybe a week or two at a time kind of thing. Okay. Um, what, what was that like living in, in France? Um, and what city in France? Were you in Paris? Yeah, so the first two years... Um, I was in the east side, on the east side of France, okay. so um, that was a small city between Nancy and Strasbourg. I would say that was like the two big city um, around where I was. Okay. And then after that, I went. Yeah, the rest of my time I was in Paris. So um, I mean, I would say that um, in my personal case, I just knew that France it was temporary. I always knew that it was just like okay, I'm here because. All my siblings are there. I have yeah. some family there. It was the easy option, but I knew that my end goal was to go and live, Cross spend some time. Yeah, so I just always kept that in mind, and actually I spent way more time than I expected there. But my experience, I would say, in general, it was a good one. You know, no country or no city is perfect, but I just felt that given my mindset, it would have been better for me to just leave at some point and move to North America. So I would say, yeah, it was a great experience. You know, I learned a lot of stuff <laughs> there. You, I, I mean, <clears throat> I like your answer, but I feel like you gave me, you gave me the, <laughs> you didn't really dig too deep. It's like, you know what? I don't know who's watching this, but you're right. I, I get it. But me, I, I struggle a lot. Um, and, and my biggest thing with France is just the, the mentality. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it doesn't room. I feel it doesn't leave room for evolution. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like they are stuck in their ways, yeah, and they only love their ways. And if it's not their ways, they'll complain about it, yeah, and then just go back to their. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. it's, it's a weird uh, kind of dynamic. But shout out to all my French friends. I love y'all for real. Oh yeah, definitely. Man. Uh, and so I mean, outside of the bad thing, the one the great thing that I love about France is that. Uh, a lot of people are not that much removed from their upbringing or even their identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, even if you're born in France, 
you are either Congolese, you are mm-hmm. from Mali, like even French people. So I think for that, they've retained that. And I think that's yeah. the greatest thing. Yeah. Where when you, in North America, you don't see that as much. Like you'll yeah. run into, uh, let's say a Jamaica, for example, they'll be like, oh, uh, no, I'm Canadian. I'm like, uh, you know I mean? Yeah, that's I, true. I, we are Canadian. We got the yeah. passport. You know what I mean? But that <laughs> that's not our true identity, which yeah. I feel like um, for sure in France, people do retain a lot of that. Um mm-hmm. Why still living there? Whether they even born there or now, or they grew up there, it's still like, yo, I'm such and such from such and such country. Yeah, and and, and yeah, I think that also is different term of experience. So, um, like I said, right, I think no country or no city is perfect. They're always good and bad stuff. So, right. and I always say, for instance, ever since I've been here, right, people ask me, oh, I mean, how come you left Paris, friend, to move to Canada? Yeah, it's the, cold the, here. And now I'm the like, city of love, God. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, fashion, you know, uh, love and yeah. uh, the good food, you know, gastronomy and all that. So, but I'm like, um, it just depends, man. The experience, for instance, I say to people of color, especially black people, I say it's not the same. For instance, you're a black person from North America going to France, and then you, a black person from Africa, going to France and live there. It's like, like the approach is not the same. The people yeah. reaction is not the same because, on one hand. I just noticed that, for instance, when you're from the continent, it's more like, oh, you you come from some countries that we colonized. But when you're a black person from North America, it's more like, oh, he comes from those countries that yeah, actually saved us. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like during World War II, <laughs> right. those black soldiers, they helped like France and so many countries in Europe, like being freed for you know what was happening in World War Two. So that's why the approach is not the same. So that's why even when you know you think about those people like James Baldwin and so many jazz musicians, they were leaving the state and going to live in France because they're like, oh people they're like we so welcome, they treat us yeah. well and so that's why I always say like just go make your own experience. But being a black person in France, that will depend like where you where you come from. Like if you're coming from North America or if you're coming from the continent you might not have the same experience, right? And most people here that seem to be surprised that were black people, like they're North American, yeah. not like African people. And African people are like, yeah, man, welcome to Toronto, man. That's cool here. Yeah. Let's stay here. Let's make it happen, right? So Don't leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do what you got to do here and then let's have fun. <clears throat> so, yeah. What has been your biggest adjustment, would you say? Coming from France until uh, obviously not residing in Toronto, what was the biggest learning curve for you? Here in Toronto? coming here um i would just say the weather i would say yeah yeah really is yeah the, <laughs> the, yeah i thought maybe you would say like um uh, i mean you you express yourself very well in english but like sometimes it, it maybe sometimes it's not so much the language but the terms that they use because mm. we all speak english but when i go to london i'm confused yeah right because it's, yeah. it's terms i'm like i don't know what, yeah what the hell's chips chips you, i'm thinking <laughs> potato chip but they're yeah. thinking fries or whatever mm-hmm. it is um, but you were saying the weather was the biggest shock yeah that was the biggest shock because when I moved here it was the, the it was actually I moved here during the winter oh wow so, man, yeah. oh yeah but I was like I'd rather start with the worst and then enjoy you know the summertime better my now. man I like that yeah I was like you know come prepare come ready you know yeah. and then actually that was the best way because I came during the winter and I was like oh actually it's cold but then you know you just make sure that you dress warm and everything and then when the summer kicked in man i was like this is heaven like yeah, you and, know the, the the city is different yeah man i was summertime, like summertime yeah. is like heaven here and then 
the the winner after that I was like yeah I'm already ready man so I'm okay I'm good so I was like instead of coming in the summertime and then when it start getting cold you know you feel stressed and anxious nervous yeah. because you're like yeah I don't know how to get ready properly right so but yeah we said the weather but for the the language the slang and everything you know I'm, I'm I like to observe a lot so to me it was just like you know you just take the time to observe and then yeah you learn fast and quick so I'm an observer so every time wherever I go man I'm just like okay I'm just gonna observe and see how things work and then learn from that and yeah. try to learn as much as possible and actually what I like is that people are really open and and, and, and open and willing to teach you to to show you around to like they're really nice so that's also something that I think was um, a very positive trait well like people you can be walking on the street and seem to be a little lost they might be like hey can I help you no 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 so I always also like that the fact yeah. that people are so willing to help you especially when they know that you knew into the country yeah they can like, tell oh, you know yeah <laughs> yeah they're like let me help you you know what you're looking for this and that so yeah and I, feel, and I feel like for, to that like it's the Canadian one Canadian just by nature just nicer yeah uh, yeah. In many ways, so yeah, like it's, it's just yeah. what it is. And then yeah. when you go to a certain country, you're reminded right away that, my friend, you are not privileged. You are oh yeah, absolutely black. Oh yeah. Uh, when I go to Europe, I, I speak <laughs> French very well, but I don't speak any mm-hmm. unless I really have to. Like I remember going to Nice in October. Yeah, yeah. spoke zero French. So I ain't know. I ain't do it. Okay. And I was getting way more. I was getting treated better now. Yeah. To my advantage, I can hear what you're saying. I just respond to you in English just yeah. because um, it's just the perception. Like you were yeah. saying, like North American, they look at you like, yo, you're the savior. Yeah. We will embrace you. But as soon as you speak French, they automatically yeah, like, yeah. put you in the pocket like, Colonized. oh, yeah, yeah, you up here <laughs> taking up all our stuff. Um, good, good little bitch. Uh, I like to learn about people that come on my podcast. To me, the most important thing, and I've said this before, I, I support two people people two ways mm-hmm. either i like you as a person mm-hmm. so i want to see you win so same, obviously same, same, same. i go behind it or you're just that great of a talent mm-hmm. uh it's one of the two for me so the story definitely plays a major part so those of y'all listening i hope you learned some shit because i did uh and i want to get into your, your 2019 a little bit you know what mm-hmm. i mean especially was the end of it mm-hmm. um, it was the return of Ghana um, a lot of people got a chance to go to Ghana yeah. and uh, buy alcohol that they can't afford and come <laughs> back almost damn near losing their jobs uh, <laughs> but for some of us we actually went out there and they worked yeah. you know what I mean and you was one of them I remember we, we talked while we was there we missed each other Yeah. because uh, I came <clears> back uh, and you went to yeah literally like a week after you couple of days I think yeah. it was a couple of days yeah, right? yeah yeah and I was surprised I was like oh the guy already left come on man yeah I was in and out <laughs> like a robbery you know what I mean and I was like yo listen I could go uh, I could give y'all a week and, and shout out to Africa and the whole thing about behind uh, AfroFest Africa which took place first time in Ghana is that yeah. I didn't know I was gonna get to go I got mm-hmm. the call two weeks before yeah so it's only so much that I could stay there obviously I gotta you know what I mean, job to attend to and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I want you to give me your take mm-hmm. um, about going to Ghana. Obviously, you 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 you've been back to the motherland yeah. quite often. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, but what what makes the return of Ghana thing a different experience for you, and to have the to having the chance to participate and go down there and, and perform and to mm-hmm. create a lot of connection? What was that like for you? Yeah, so Ghana, um, if I have to sum it up real quick before going into details, that was my best trip ever. Really? Like, literally, like, I remember when I came back here, I had to actually 
make write down all the countries that I've been to because I was like, are you sure that this is your best trip? Because you've been to like different places. <laughs> really? Where then I was like listing, and I don't want to brag, but I've been to whether it's for like tourism or for like you know class trip or exchange program whatever. But I've been to like more than 17 countries, okay. different countries. So, and then I was like, yeah, Ghana is literally like my top two, literally. So Ghana was an, a great experience in the sense that um, on one hand, shout out to Afrochic TO, Afrochic Toronto. So they're also doing the first edition of Afrochic in Ghana. And then I was there to perform for the year of return. So that was one of the main reasons and one of the highlights also of my, 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 my stay there, my journey there. But... The main one, the moment that was like, to me, this is so powerful, was also during um, the new year, um, like going, yeah, starting like January 1st, right? So yeah. we had a party by um, Labadi Beach um, for new year. We're celebrating until the morning. And then when the sun starts rising, everybody just went by the ocean. And it was so powerful to see like the sun rising all those black people, melanated people, we all went by the sea, by the ocean. Some people were like also starting to you know, like swim and everything. And just looking around, I was so moved by that because I was like, this is some black people from all over the world, from the continent, from the Caribbean, from North America, coming all together by choice in a place where some of our ancestors were actually taken by force. Yeah. And to me, that was just like powerful. I was like, that quote that say, oh, we are ancestors, writers dream. To me, that was like, that was now making sense. I was like, imagine that those ancestors see now those generations coming together as one and celebrating each other, embracing each other. So to me, yeah, that was so powerful, that feeling. I can not really describe how I was thinking that day, but yeah, I know that that was just, yeah, that was it. I was like, yeah, we, we, I love my people, man. I was like, yeah, I love my people. Seeing all of us coming together like that, man. So Ghana, yeah, it was great. Not just the parties, obviously the party, man. They party like, <laughs> oh man, like, <laughs> there was that party. song, party after party, yeah. every night, man, until the sun rises. And also, I like the fact that there are so many events, conferences, talks where you can actually connect with some locals or people from anywhere in the world as long as we just black right like create those connection and see what we all can bring um, yeah. as like knowledge money skills anything and then see what we can build together whether it's for ghana for the continent in general or just also for the black culture in general so to me that was really smart yeah. and, and and shout out yeah to the ghanaian government so the Ghanaian people, so nice and so welcoming to Boris Kojo and uh, Bozoma St. John that really make that year of return successful. And, uh, but yeah, and I think in terms of numbers, I heard that around like 800,000 people went to Ghana last year and uh, it generated $1.9 billion just right. for that year of return. And that's why I think in 2020, they even want to do like the year beyond the return. Okay. So I think, yeah, that they was... They probably want to make it a thing um, for every year for people to go in there. Yeah. I... Now, you, you gave us some great stuff. Mm-hmm. What are things that you feel could improve? Because I like to hear both. Because, I mean, it's nice. Um, and there was many great things that took place. Yeah. But what are things that stood out to you? Is like, uh, this, we need to work on this more. Um, I mean, the main thing I would say the traffic, traffic, yeah, 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 that's my different <laughs> first thing. I was like, yeah, 
traffic was crazy and then I was like it looks like this is actually common to many big cities where it looks like maybe they don't really think about the way the city is gonna grow and how many people are gonna be like oh I want to like buy one two three cars right and then at some point everything is just like so you know clogged and everything so but any big cities man like even in Paris so right? same thing like the traffic there is all it's crazy horrible. man so I just think that all these big cities now they just think to think forward and think ahead and be like how can we make sure that okay the city is going to grow we're going to have like more people coming in but yeah. let's still make sure that the, the life is still affordable and also the traffic is not too crazy right so I think that was that part yeah the traffic the way it was crazy and the other thing was but you know Coming back to the continent, you're like, oh, actually, yeah, that's the norm there. But yeah, the the timing, sometimes schedule for some events, you know, like you can be like, oh, a show is supposed to start like maybe at eight, and then <laughs> because of this and that, like at ten, like you're like, okay, yeah, guys, right. DJ is not even yeah. Yeah, yeah, so or some technical issues or this type of stuff. By the end of the day, you know, you just enjoy, yeah, you enjoy the vibe in the meantime. But I would say, yeah, those two things where yeah, you you really have to actually be flexible. I would say, yeah, what what. what I was there I was like yeah you know what just be flexible because if you really want to bring that like western mentality where like if it's a, yeah no I mean you're gonna like stress yourself and then you're actually gonna like um miss the fun and 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 spend most of the time being like you know frustrated so to me I was just trying to go with the flow but those two things yeah I would say yeah, the traffic and more like yeah when you schedule stuff and, and I wanted to add to I mean Ghanaians we're not here trying to bash our traffic oh, we understand nah. I mean, um, there was 800,000 people that was there yeah me my whole frustration is it don't matter what outfit I had on by the time I was there I was sweaty <laughs> my, you know my cologne had wore off I think maybe it's just a personal thing for me like I couldn't get to you know what I mean cause it took so long I think in retrospect like to drive 10 kilometers took 45 minutes or to oh, yeah, an hour no, I mean, You know what I mean yeah. Like oh, It was like was short crazy. distances But it was taking yeah. so long And hopefully mm-hmm. um, And me I was there earlier Because I think I was there From like the 10th to the 17th Something like that yeah. So I can only imagine What y'all went through Those Man. that stayed You know Beyond yeah. To the first And things like yeah, that Yeah Hopefully the, the 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 country And the city of Accra Has um, Taken in consideration The impact And And I'm confident that they will they will improve upon that stuff because yeah. it, it literally puts everything at a standstill. So yeah. uh, even me getting to Afrofest, I think that day I got there like 30 minutes uh, after. So I think I got there like 7.30. It started yeah. at 7. But I left my where I was staying, I think I left at like 5.30. Okay. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Like yeah. it's, it's, There's nothing I could really yeah. uh, do in that sense. That's the true. performance that you did there, what was that? What was that like? Talk to me a little bit about um, prep, the preparation behind it, the mindset that you have to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think um, that was interesting because um, a little bit just like you, uh, to me, I would say it was like not like very last minute, but your official confirmation was kind of also your last minute. Yeah. So I literally touched down. In Ghana, the same day I was performing. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, man. Like I touched in like maybe at 10 a.m. and then I was supposed to perform like yeah, I think at like six or something like that, and be at the venue in the afternoon to do like the sound check and all that stuff. So actually, I didn't even like took a nap. I was like, okay, I just dropped my luggage and everything, take everything that I'm gonna need for the show, and then I went straight there. So it was by uh, Ozzy Beach Palace and then um, Ozzy Palace Beach, and actually. The whole organization that day was amazing because it was a whole 
day um after she was like a whole day so you have like talks conferences um some also vendors um so the whole day the whole vibe was actually amazing i i just think that uh, and also uh beside the fact that there's so many things that was happening in accra right that day i think there was a good amount of people that showed up yeah because also i think the lineup was actually pretty dope because it was a good mix of um some artists from toronto and also some local artists so they had um that 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 uh local performance called efia i think mm-hmm. efia yeah she's like one of the biggest um artists in ghana right now and another local but she's actually originally from cameroon and then um tania shout out to tania actually so i think the lineup and all like the vendors and the people also in the talk i think the organization was yeah i was impressed by the the amount of work that they've been doing yeah. the venue so i think overall that day was a great experience and to me that was my first day in ghana so i was like wow the bar is really high because i'm like that day was just like perfect and everything <laughs> so and like then, i gotta set the tone for yeah, the rest yeah i was like i hope that the I'm next there. day gonna be great too but actually as day was going by and then every day was actually bringing something new and very positive yeah. and 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 yeah that night the only thing yeah like i say is more about at some point we had to wait a little bit more maybe to make sure that we have like enough people so instead of performing at six then you're gonna maybe perform later on but then it was worth the wait to be uh, worth the wait to be honest so um i did my thing and i had like oh man people they're like they're vibing with you when they're vibing with you they're really vibing with you when you're performing right so they were like bouncing to my tracks and everything and then having that track called the vision one of my first single of my coming album performing that day i was like yeah this is like a perfect opportunity and um yeah the vibe was just amazing man like i remember when i saw the video i was like yeah because sometimes when you're on stage you don't really realize everything that's happening around you and then no i think yeah definitely shout out to afro chic they did um an amazing job so yeah the whole day was 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 a great experience we have enough people and there were actually activities for everybody there was a restaurant too for people that just want to like have some drinks and and turn up kind of yeah thing. so no that was a great place and um yeah shout out to Amoye <clears throat> uh to Randall Ajay and everybody yeah, shout out to Randall. I, I ran into him so he came to um, he came to Afrofest yeah, um, yeah funny yeah. enough like I've, I've always I've known who he was and mm-hmm. we've interacted oh you but, never met before but we've never actually talked right wow so then when I saw him I ran up to him I was like yo what up and he's looking at me like oh yeah like you <laughs> whatever and then he was telling me um, and we so we get into conversation and then yeah. I go I, and I talk about my podcast yeah he go oh that's you I was like yeah he's like oh shit like I had no <laughs> idea so apparently shout out to him yeah he listened to the podcast and followed the page or whatnot. yeah um, so he was like so it, to me and that's why I went because I know a lot of times we see each other on social media and things like that Mm-hmm. But we don't really sit there and take the time to actually talk to the other person. That's true. That's so it's true. like we have um, um, a conception or even like our own blinders on as to like, yo, this person might be this way, whatever it is. Um, and then it was an opportunity for me first time to actually like really speak to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, also Jakisha was there as well. Yep, she was they performing were... actually that we were part of the same set. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she killed it. And uh, yeah, shout out to Zakisha. So yeah, yeah, no, definitely Zakisha. Um, actually, Kibra was actually also able to uh, yeah. perform. She performed on, uh, on a track with me and then she also did her own thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, shout out to Kibra, amazing performer. And then, yeah, no, yeah, the whole day Afro Chic, yeah, was a, an amazing experience. I met a lot of great people. And um, yeah, that first day was like 
lit and I'm like, wow, just the first day is already like that fire. And set the stuff. Now, and you were saying like your interaction with people. I don't, because mm-hmm. there was also a lot of celebrity days. I seen you take yeah. pictures with quite a few famous yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what was your most meaningful interaction that you had there? Whether it's from a regular average Joe or a celebrity that, that stood out to you the whole time? Um, I think I would say. Yeah, um, when I talked to Boris Kojo, mm-hmm. shout out to Boris Kojo, and we actually have the same name, but um, okay, yeah, same as plug, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, um, yeah, he was actually like very, you know, humble, and then we just had like a quick conversation, and we were talking about yeah the whole movement and what he was doing for the country, right? And I was just wanted to say thank you and congratulate him for everything that he was doing, and yeah, we just had that great conversation. The fact that he was so, you know. Humble and cool, calm and approachable, chill. Like that, yeah. yeah. So, um, definitely, I think that moment was like um, one of the key moments. And then um, I remember I also met. Um, Did you ask him like, "Yo, my man, just follow me real quick"? Did you? Nah, no, I'm not like that anymore. <laughs> and those man, now, you don't. <laughs> I'm not like that anymore. Back in the day, maybe, but to, to be honest, what changed though? What, what, why are you saying? I think it's more like organic to me yeah, nowadays. Yeah. I just that's and the way I work. When, when yeah, it makes sense. it's definitely if you feel like it. I don't want to like force things, but yeah. yeah, I don't force things anymore. I mean, you have to be organic, and that's it. So, um, yeah. So that day, and then I met also. Um, one of the guy who's actually the co-founder of um, Mr. Easy's um, platform Empower Africa. Mm-hmm. So I actually met a co-founder, and this guy really? is like very low-key and discreet. What's like, it called? I never, I've never heard of this thing. You know what his name is? Ikena or okay. Ikena, and the guy lives in Toronto. The, the, so the, what's the platform called? It's called Empower. Empower Africa. And what is it? What, what so is it? So literally, do? they just try to give a platform for up and coming artists. So mm-hmm. most of the time, the way it works is more like people submit their music, and then they're gonna pick or send an amount, and yeah. then those people that are gonna be selected, they're gonna be actually um, coached and mentored by either Misty Easy or people from Miss Network in okay. terms of like just have enough resources to take the music career to the next level. To the next level. So, okay. yeah. So, they do Shout that. Out to, and, and he resides in Toronto. Yep. He told me that he resides in Toronto, so we're going to link up hopefully soon. But, yeah. yeah, and the guy was, like, very low-key. And, actually, yeah, it's more like people that are telling me, oh, actually, that's him. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. But, you yeah, know, no more that cool dude. But, you know, because he's more like, I guess, like the nerd guy, like making sure the platform is fine and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So, that was him. And also, yeah, um, definitely... Fuse ODG, yeah, that was also like one of the guys that was like the coolest man. He did like a festival called Tina for like this is New Africa. Mm-hmm. So every year, I think he does like a festival where it's not just about parties, but also they're like events where you can talk about, um, yeah, the future of Africa investment and all that stuff. And then you have also like performances. So yeah, Fuse. He did like a um, pool party at his own mansion, man. I, like he had like an amazing big house, man. Pool and everything. So, Shit. man, that night was just so like one of my best. Oh, running man. around butt naked. Shit. Man, I, I should have stayed some more. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I left early, goddamn it. Yo, you want next year? Oh, if oh, man. I get to go. I'm, yeah. I'm probably gonna stay there. To, oh, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, the problem is, is about finding out. Like, it's the timing of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I already had yeah. some things planned ahead of time. Yeah. Same thing that yeah no Fuse DG I met him like a couple of times in Accra and he always cool and the event that he was throwing and organizing everything with like the new Africa movement or Tina festival yeah, yeah man this guy's really cool like 
at a pool party. Um, and then when he did a performance at the Polo Beach Club, at some point he recognized me and he was like, yeah, man, come on stage. And then I want you to like show me your step and how you can move and dance. I'm like, okay, you sure? And then I'm like, all right, let's do it. So no, he was really, really cool guy. And I love what he's doing, the fact that he's giving back to the community, to his country. So yeah, yeah definitely Fuse ODG. Shout out, man. Speaking of that, like does experiencing what you experienced in Ghana, yeah. does that now make you want to think about your home country mm-hmm. as far as maybe and I don't know which way you because you might be stuck in the middle between yeah. the two right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a hard choice to make but does mm-hmm. I because I for me that's what it did like when I went to Ghana it, it made me think about Niger and it made me think about yeah. what can I do to empower um, also the likes of me because for maybe some of us we are a, the symbol of hope in our home I know for me there's nobody else that I knew to do what I do especially not in Toronto North America in that sense and then now the with the internet everything has become a very small place like we yeah. you know you get to connect with so many different yeah. people which before I would never had a chance to what does that do for you as far as thinking about your home land and country and, and mm-hmm. doing some stuff like that back there yeah no I th- actually I think you just confirmed that uh, we as Afro people especially if you're like born and raised in the continent, we definitely have to think about, yeah, either going back there or at least the minimum I think we, yeah. we should do is investing yeah. there. That's the minimum I think because there are so many people that are not actually African, not from the continent, they are investing there, right? So I'm Facts. like, if those people like doing that, what about us? Yeah. Because maybe in the future, we're just going to go back and be like, oh, actually, everybody's owning everything yeah, but us. I can't, yeah, yeah, you can't. So that's why to me... You don't price yourself out out of any potential. Man, so that got me thinking a lot that we definitely need to think about a continent that uh, we need to invest there. Um, and that's what, that was actually one of the messages that Fuse ODG was trying to um, send to everybody because that's what he did, right? Being most of the time in the UK, he had like so many music hits and then thanks to the money, he just, you know, invested back and gave back. So I think to me, um, in, in related to my home country, so Gabon on one hand and Congo on the other side, I definitely think that, um, I mean, it was already my plan. Like when I left, I was like, yeah, I'm going to come back better. stronger, you know. So at some point, it's just thinking about, yeah, making more investment and see what actually demands or sectors you can be like, oh, that can be interesting to try to, you know, have a foot on. And, and, and not just like entertainment, but that can be anything, man. That yeah. can be real estate, you know, any type of thing, right? So that can be technology. So, um, um, so yeah, to me, I was definitely like, I want to do more stuff uh, in my home country, whether it's Gabon and Congo. But... I rather, you know, be sure that I'm prepared, right? So it's more about also preparation, mm-hmm. but yeah, always been on my mind. So just being to Ghana and seeing those many people are just like, yeah, that confirmed that we need to do that. Yeah. And what was really interesting is that at one of the events I went to, um, I met a lot of Congolese people and they actually created a platform called um, B- it's Biso Nabiso, something like that. I think we tried to connect Congolese people from the diaspora. And they were like, they were so inspired by the year of return and they were like, maybe as Congolese people, we, why not could do a sort of year of return, but it's more like the Congolese diaspora 
going back going to Congo back to Congo and trying to yeah because Congolese people like there are so many Congolese people that I think we don't even need to be like oh year of return is like everybody coming to Congo just the Congolese diaspora yeah. man we Facts. a lot so, so right now we're still in touch and then they told me that they're gonna keep me posted if for instance they might want to do that this year maybe another year but I'm like yeah definitely we need to do that too yeah. see the diaspora and how we can empower ourselves and then go back and build some stuff right so there's that on the Congolese side but on the Gabonese side too yeah definitely there's some stuff that I've been talking about whether it's some friends or family so yeah it made me realize that we have to, man. It's like, you know, we, have to. we need to. We have to, man. We got, I mean, I went back to Niger. So, for my setup was, I went to Ghana, and then I went to Niger a week later. So, when I got yeah. there, honestly, I was in, I almost stopped doing this whole podcast shit mm-hmm. by the time I came back. Because I, I, I was there, and I was like, this entertainment shit is fun. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. Get, I mean, get you the girls or whatever it yeah. is. And, but, in the, I was thinking long term is like, and, and so my thing has been about, and a lot of people have been asking me this about purchasing land. Mm-hmm. And I've touched on that a couple episodes before, but this is why I keep coming back to this point and why yeah. it's important because my first time going back in 2013, yeah. I let's say it was like $2,000 to buy it. Mm-hmm. Right? And and I have, I was able to at the time. Even though even then it was a lot of money for me. Yeah. It could have been like, I might have been worth $5,000. And I took two of it and mm-hmm. then put it in there. Nice. Seven years later, mm-hmm. this shit is about. 10 times that. So it's about 20,000 or so. So when I'm looking at it like, fuck, man. You know what I mean? Like, if I would have just taken a gamble and one of my frustration about us going back to to the motherland and, I, and, I, and I'm making this a point for a reason is that, yo, it's cool to go out and, and, and buy bottles and, and turn up and go to this beach party. The woman is beautiful. You're yeah. turned up. But you cannot tell me we're gonna go out there and spend about ten stacks in just fun, that's or five thousand. Like you not go, you no, cannot convince true. me that you're gonna go there and blow about five thousand yeah, dollars, and true. all you got is snaps yeah. and Instagram pictures yeah. from the whole experience. And people don't think about, and I understand the money aspect of it. Yeah, I get it. You got to be a certain level to do certain things. Yeah, like I've came a long way, obviously, mm-hmm. but. I remember even when I had a thousand dollars, like it was like I'm gonna invest five hundred. Yeah. So that only multiplied to now I have a lot more. Therefore, I'm still. It seems like a big number to somebody else, but it's still the ratio is fairly the same. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even if you don't have it, like you and I, we'll kind of mm-hmm. yo, God bless up. Yo, mm-hmm. I ain't got much. I got two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh shit, we got. I got two. Yeah. And then we put it together, and then let that go yeah. further. I, yeah. Honestly, I would feel much better about that, and I think. We need to make that a point um, yeah. no, as to true. this is where we're going to make the difference. That's true. The entertainment shit is, is incredible. It's fun. We are talented people by mm-hmm. nature. Yeah. But how you empower yourself is through finances. That's true. Everybody yeah. respects the yeah. mighty dollars. Yeah. That's you know what I'm true. saying? Like, and, yeah. it, and it gives you that. Because up here, we maxed out. Like, I mean, I was talking to my, like, to buy land in, in North America, you got to be damn near a millionaire. It's not even like it's no question about it. Especially in Toronto. But back then, like you could, you know, what I mean, you could save a little two hundred dollars a month, and then yeah. end of the month, even if you go buy it in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. That's the true. aspect of actually empowering yourself and purchasing this, it will change your mind state into something better. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyways, I, I think I love this entertainment shit. I love it. It has been good to me. Uh, I make money from it. I enjoy mm-hmm. it to the core of me. 
But I think what people don't understand, how I'm able to make a difference in yeah. today's world is because these important steps that I do outside of this. Yeah. And then we need to have this kind of talk and share yeah. with one another and be like, yo, this shit, shit is cool. You know what I mean? This plane ticket is too expensive. Yeah. To just go out there and just come back with pictures and yeah. and, and be like, yo, but I mean, but I get it. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. Shit, I have way too much fun sometimes, but I, I guess it's about uh, creating a balance. Now, I want to get into um, your artistry. Obviously, you're artist, yeah. hip hop artist. Yeah. Um, what, what you what do you consider your style to be like? Because um, I know you, it was like Afro infused. I didn't want to butcher, so yeah. I want you to kind of. Um, yeah, I would say it's mostly hip hop, but I try to bring what I call yeah Afro fusion into hip hop. Man, I just try to bring my. Afro background and make it a little bit more obvious in my music, whether it's like um, in terms of like lyrics or whether it's in terms of like um, sound or yeah. what in terms of like videos, like um, pictures. And yeah, so definitely it's more like a yeah, hip hop, like that's like the foundation. And then I blend it with like, yeah, some Afro fusion, yeah. Um, I want to run through a couple of your highlights because, like I'm saying, you sent me a lot, and I was like, "Yo, <laughs> this guy I mean, is I like, not playing no games," and I, and I respect it. But a uh, couple of things. I mean, we talked about the Afro Sheik in Ghana 2019, which I'm sure was big. Yeah. Um, as we got into a little bit. Yeah. Um, Afro Fest as well, and and now that I was going through, I said, like, "Oh yeah, I remember 2018." Yes, 2018. I did 2018. Show you, at you Afro Fest in Toronto. A couple yeah. thousand people, right? Yeah, man. Afro was, Fest huge. Yeah. Um, South about Southwest. Yep. Uh, in March 2018 Texas. as well. Yeah. Uh, after we we um. Now that I even think about it, it's a couple of shows that I hosted. You actually performed on. I was yeah. like, "Yo, it's, it's, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm looking." I said, "Damn." Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit because I've been to Austin mm-hmm. and I didn't realize the at the time. A long time ago, I was dating the girl that lives in Austin. Long story short, that shit didn't work <laughs> out. But I remember when I was going there, she put me on to that. Like she was talking to me like South, mm-hmm. um, South, South by Southwest, Southwest yeah. and how it's the biggest festival and it's a week long mm-hmm. and it's. In, in how did you even come up how did you get exposed to that so me is actually I was still in Paris and then um, I won actually a sort of like international showcase where um, what they do is like they go to different cities in the state and also the main cities in Europe and trying to find like I would say the best performers so yeah. then the fact that I won the Paris edition then they brought me to Miami oh that's like, a humble break so I mean you kind of <laughs> you kind of start step through that I mean okay so in Paris you won the best performer yeah for that contest called okay. Coast to Coast Live and then thanks to that I was able to fly to Miami for a, a big music conference called yeah um, Coast to Coast Live music conference yeah. and it's just there that I met some people went back to Paris and then they were like oh we, we observe you and then we just saw that uh, you're taking your music like very seriously and we actually um, producing a showcase doing South by Southwest and if you're interested we can find a deal so that we can actually plug in and you're gonna perform there and I was like oh I mean say less and then that's how we actually made it happen man so that's why it's always cool you know to go so, to different events you never know who you're gonna meet and then that was just me doing my thing out of a showcase that was happening in Miami and then some people were there and then back to Paris they were like oh man we saw you and then yeah that's why I ended up actually 
um, performing at South by Southwest, yeah. And one, um, one thing about you, sorry, not to cut you off. One yeah. thing, as I'm talking to you more, mm-hmm. I realize one thing that you do better than most artists I come across is that you take this networking shit very, <laughs> very fucking serious. <laughs> Right. I mean, I try. I you try. you were not connected <laughs> prior to me even knowing you had music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> and I can remember this. And and you can see today we even wearing yellow. We didn't plan this. Yeah. Show, I mean, right? I'm telling you, man. Uh, we didn't plan this, but yellow yeah. is in right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I remember I was doing a birthday. My last, my 30th birthday. I was yeah. doing an event. Mm-hmm. I reached out to you, and adjacent to that, I was raising some funds. Um, because I do the sponsorship back in Niger where I will pay a, a child's tuition for the year, mm-hmm. right? Very some low-key. One day I was talking to my mom. She like, oh, yeah, it costs X amount of money. Uh, as you can see, I got a lot of Jordans, and I gave my money to Jordan for many <laughs> years. So in context, how it hit me was like, yo, I could change a child's life with just one pair of shoes. Right? So I started thinking around like, so I, I mean, I don't know if I felt guilty or what it was. I was like, yo, you know what? I don't know how big I can make this thing, but let mm-hmm. me start. So I've been doing it for two years. Mm-hmm. And for my 30th, I was like, you know what? I know people are going to come and spend four or $500 on alcohol. Let's see if we could like do best of both worlds. So I was asking people, you know what? If you're able to give me, all I ask is $10. Like, give me $10 mm-hmm. and then whatever, however much I get, I will match the money and I think we were able to raise about 800 bucks yeah uh, shout out to everybody else that gave me their money and trust me that I wasn't just gonna go by myself <laughs> a plant <laughs> you know what I mean um, and then that's even no we had met but very briefly yeah and through that he's like yo yo I'm gonna I'm support that no problem I'm not gonna make it but I was like alright this guy's just talking some shit <laughs> you know what I mean and then you actually followed through um, sent some money to mm-hmm. it and that to me stuck uh, it stuck to me a lot And then when I hear How you navigate And getting these opportunities Yeah uh, Before somebody believes In your talent I think that networking thing Is how you make somebody feel Yeah That's true Talk to me about Other artists If you had to give them Sort of like Yo Why this is important To, to do Because I feel like A lot of artists Just feel like They don't need to They either get management Or go through my manager Why is yeah. it so important to you? I mean I think It's because You need to Um know that um, this industry and I think everything in life is not just about talent I think to me actually the very the most important thing in life is actually the people that you have access to like the network and you know that quote that say your network is your net worth so I think that just summed it up and then when I really realized that that quote is actually true then I was like okay instead of I'm gonna spend, still keep spending time working on my craft for real. Okay, that's my passion, so I'm gonna, yeah, always keep like being better and better. But I also know that I need to meet some people from my industry and see what's actually happening around me and then see who are, who are those people. And then, and then, yeah, just try to create some connection and because you never know, like, who you're gonna meet, what they can actually offer to you, and what actually you can offer to them that they might be looking for. So that's why, to me, I just realized that yeah, instead of being talented and just be like, I'm gonna be entitled yeah. and be like, oh, the world gonna hear about me, and I'm just gonna chill, and then <laughs> I'm gonna put my stuff online and be like, now nah, I can chill. Too, yeah. Or no, I was just like, you know, um, if I have to, it's not like I, I don't even even describe myself as an extrovert person. I would just say that to me is like. 
when I have to do something, I'm yeah, going to do it, man. Because I have those moments where I just actually want to chill. I don't feel like going out, even if it's not just a party, because I start like going to just party to party. But even if it's like to network sometimes, I just like, you know, I just want to do something else or stay home. But I definitely just realized that networking, growing your circle is very important because there are so many people doing what 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 we all doing what is an art and everything but the thing is even if you're the only one to know to do what you're doing but people need to hear about that and how they're gonna hear about that is by you showing up and then i also like the fact that um one of my my rule my modern life is that golden rule you know is about like you it's better to do to people what you like them to do to you right Facts. so and then by showing up sometimes to events it's not even if i like oh i'm gonna meet like this important guy or then important girl no to me it's also about like when let's suppose that i have my own event or whatever gonna happen i would love people to, to also show, like, yeah, so, so, so to me I'm, it's more like doing things that I'll, i think that i would love people to also do for myself even if i want to expect that from the exact same people it's more about that universal law is more like if i go to support an event i don't necessarily need that specific people from that event to support me but i know we never know that might come from somewhere else and that's how sometimes when you work like that or you just function like that I think anything that happens to you makes sense. It's more like, oh, I know why I got this opportunity because of this or that. So you actually become less surprised because this luck you've been like, yo, I've been actually working hard for this because I've been out there grinding, networking, showing up, showing up. And then so I just understood that that it was not just about the art and then staying home. And if you're an introvert, <laughs> and I understand some people are introvert because it's not even about being entitled. Right. Because some people, yeah, they might be entitled and be like, I'm the shit, that's it. Right. But some people, it's just that, especially as artists, sometimes they are introvert. They don't yeah. like, they can't even have like social anxiety. Mm-hmm. So to me, I, I'm like, I, if you have that, some point is either you try to fight it and just, you know, grow from that and become um, less introvert or you need to find someone that can do that for you, like that gonna be out there and and and, and networking for you and be like talking uh, about you, behalf, like yeah. yeah. But the thing is, I'm like, especially when you're starting, if you don't have those people, those team, then you have to do it yourself. Yeah. So then, to me, that was it. I was like, I'm just gonna start by myself, and then actually, naturally. People see what you're doing and then they come to you and be like, oh, maybe I can, yeah, and then they can, oh, maybe I can help you. And and literally, that's why I ended up now having a manager. I also know I had a Now you're big time. I see. (laughs) Shout out to the manager. You see, I'm like, yeah. As soon as you told me, yeah, my manager's, bro. (laughs) No, literally, that was just organic, man. I wasn't like, okay, I need to find a manager. And I'd be like, oh, are you a manager? Can you manage me? No, that was just like pure coincidence, organic, and then boom, everything has been, yeah, man. So I think literally when you, just like put out that energy then definitely you're gonna have so many stuff like gravitating around you and then they're gonna create more opportunities but definitely networking is key so force yourself to do it but do it like in a genuine way or find someone that can do that for you so me to me i was like i'm starting from scratch like literally especially here in toronto because okay i was doing that back in the day what i was seeing friends but the thing is when i moved to toronto i literally have like zero family zero friends zero connection like zero zero i just moved in the winter time i was like this city i'm gonna take my life to the next level that's why i'm here i'm not like 
and that's why it's even become like a motto in one of my songs where the quote is I didn't come this far to only come this far so I was just like you know man you gotta go all in oh man I respect it man yeah so I'm gonna be honest I respect it all the way Thank through you, because man. that's Thank what people you. don't really understand it, man. a lot of times we are competing against each other but what uh, sets us apart uh, outside of what we do and that. our talent is a relationship that we have with so many different people. Yeah. Um, I was going. Th- I was running through your music. Um, yeah. First mixtape you released. You released in 2014. Yeah. Uh, it was called Crossword. Cro- uh, sorry, Crossroads, Crossroads and Therapy. Yeah. 2016. Um, Walk in the Path, which yeah. is an EP. Yeah. And now in 2020, you're looking to release the first album. Album. Yeah. Do we have a name yet? Yeah, um, I have a name, yeah, but, but I don't you don't want to give me. Yeah. Come on, activate the podcast. We're supposed to get the exclusive. That's gonna be like off, um, off camera, like off the record. You let me know. Okay, this yeah, true. Yeah, You've yeah, done yeah. that before. You sent me something like, "Yo, yeah. I need you." I said, "Don't worry, man. I I can't fuck this up." Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. But so what I can say is connecting to the vision. That's what I just can say. Like, yeah, the theme and all that stuff is connected, yeah, to the vision. Because um, also that's what I dropped me in 2020. Yeah, yeah. the vision, right? So. All makes sense. Now this new upcoming album, yeah, you got a um, single down yeah. to row, yeah, featuring <clears throat> Chantel Rose. Yep, shout out to Chantel. Yeah, talk to us a little bit because I watched the video. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. <laughs> First, see, and whenever I see something now, because I do have a relationship and things like that in the industry. Yeah, as soon as I see something, I said, man, it look like they spend. It was, like it's it's well packaged and yeah. well presented. Thank you, man. Um, yeah. So big shout out to you and those listening in. Please make sure you go check it out. Yeah. It's on YouTube. It is called um, Down to Roll. I don't want to mess this up. Down to Roll featuring yeah. Chantel, my man Borosong. Go check it out. With number two, Down to Roll is like number two, not T O. Number two. So that you can have it like straight when you type down to roll instead mm-hmm. of T-O, you put number two. Number two. Yeah. Down to roll. Okay. Talk to me about what 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 does that mean? What 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 is the meaning behind because yeah. I, I know you you're a clever guy, right? <laughs> because you I, I know you don't do things just you're not you're not leaving a chance. The fact that this is an art gallery. Yeah. I picked up on some of that shit. Half the shit I don't really know what it means. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, he's up to something. Talk to me about the whole concept. Yeah. Uh, from taking a song into mm-hmm. turning into uh, the music video. Yeah. And what was the thought behind it? Yeah. Um. I would say like first thing first. I'm like. I'm very visual as a person. Yeah. Like since I think maybe my teenage years, I always been like into like images and having sometimes vivid dreams and all that stuff so for instance when it comes to music most of the time i would say and whenever i write a song i'm already visualizing a music video if i have to shoot a music video for that song so every time so um so then for that song that was produced by Junior T. Shout out to Junior T. He was to me like one of the best producer ever in Toronto, just producer in general. Uh, he just dropped also a new album called Studio Monk. And to be honest, I feel blessed to have been able to work with him and to produce that track because he's like at the top. And me as a newcomer here, I think it's just like you said, well, I think he was noticing that. He was seeing me like going places, and he was like, "Damn, oh, the same yeah, dude." Yeah, was that yeah. it? <laughs> okay. And the first day that I met him, I knew who he was, and then I told him my story. But like, 
very quick and I'm like you know I move here by myself and I'm not trying to do this and I'm not and you know like you said sometimes people talking like yeah and then it was just you know showing seeing me here and there noticing that we have like a lot of people in common and then one day we were just like yeah yeah literally I took the time and it took me like a year to finally like be able to sit with him like in a studio and then be able to cook so I was like I'm not gonna like you know mess up that opportunity man like and then we were, we were actually working on one track and then the fun story about Don't Roll is that when we're done working on that first track um, he started like making a new beat and then I went home and when he started making that new beat there was just like that loop which is like the very beginning of the song and I'm telling you that night I didn't sleep because I went home and I was like that loop is driving me crazy so I started writing that song Don't Roll and I said Junior we need to finish that new track he was like yeah say less come over and then let's do it I went back to his studio and then we did that track and I was like I already know that Chantal Rose I've been talking about it for at least a year now I already told her that I love her voice and we need to work on something and then I sent her the demo track and she was like yeah fuck with it let's go let's do it and that 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 idea already the way we build that track and and that chemistry I would say that like synchronicity um, with Chantal Junior T also actually happens to know Chantal pretty well, and then me, I was like, it's kind of like, yeah, synchronicity, and then I was about to say that was that was in the song, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, damn, so I don't know what that means, but that <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah. well, I like that idea, and then I was like, um. And I love like art galleries. Like most of my time when I'm outside, I don't know why, man. I don't know where I come from because I didn't grow up like going to art galleries at all, man. Yeah. And then I don't know, man. And then um, that art gallery in my neighborhood, I was just like, I have that idea. I need to go and talk to them. And then they were like, okay, we can find a way to have the space because we don't have any exhibition uh, exhibition at the moment. So, but that idea I was just like writing the song back with Junior T, and I just knew that I want to have a moment where. Um, if I have to summon the music video, the idea was like black love, or, or love in general, but I, I, I really wanted to make like an emphasis of black love, be like black love is art. Yeah. Literally, that was the whole idea. And then obviously, add some beautiful coincidence or synchronicity to it. So that's why the idea was having this guy and this girl they both went to an, uh, go to an exhibition about black love and then while they had an exhibition something happened a sort of like you know connection where you meet someone for the first time and you just feel that like there's something special yeah, you know, like that you knew each other from ages or from maybe another life but you just feel like there's something special yeah. and then yeah so that was the whole idea and then I, I was yeah really um Blessing, and I'm really grateful for all those people that have been able to find and that understood my vision and be like okay we see what you mean let's just go and do that and then um, I literally curated the whole actually gallery. So all these paintings is more like I curated that. It wasn't like random. So I reached out to some visual artists that I really fuck with and that I've been following and seeing the move in the city, right. the talent. And then I explained them the idea and all of them were like, okay, let's do it. So then I told them, okay, this might be this piece that I might need from you and blah, blah, blah. And then they're all like, okay, let's do it. So really shout out to them to Kofi, Kofi's art, um, Shirley, um, um, visual by Megdes, um, Ehiko, and uh, I think uh, and Melissa Falconer. So these are the people that I feature on in the music video because I also really wanted. I like to empower people. So to me, it was also about like empowering those local artists making some dope shit, some dope art. So that's why I was like, yeah, the whole video is gonna be 
in a black-owned, black-operated art gallery, um, local artists, and then we're going to have, yeah, people having fun and promoting art and promoting love. So that was yeah. the other you, whole idea. Honestly, you made me love, love that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch that shit at least five times a day. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're telling me that from the ground up to, like, we're empowering so many people, and this is what I'm saying, like, this is what's so important about this whole uh, ecosystem that we, yeah. as black people, are trying to build. Yeah. It is important. Exactly what you're saying yeah. is that, like, yo, I'm going to go find me a black artist. Yeah. We're going to find a black this and... Yeah. and and make it all about because it matters that we are empowering each other. Oh yeah! You come into my podcast, and I always yeah. tell people this: is nobody else is gonna um, ask you the questions or, or your story better than than your own people. I, and the reason I say this: the reason I was I'm not gonna put somebody on blast, but I was listening to a <laughs> interview. Yeah, interview with Sandra White, right? Mm. It was interviewing an artist. Yeah. The question didn't make no sense, my G. Like, it was like, uh, so, uh, like, it, it, it was driving me. I'm like, how yeah. do you go and sit through that? You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. to 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 give that person a leeway, the person, well, he is a great person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think even him, maybe it's part of his management as well. Yeah. Because sometimes you do have to go, but the whole time I'm sitting there like, yo, this is why it's so important for us to have the spaces for our creative, yeah. our people to come in and, and speak your truth. Yeah. And we're not going to ask you about nonsense like, oh, by the way, where is, is Gabon and is it? Like, yeah. to me, that shit to me is like, uh, damn, man, we, we yeah. dropping the ball. But, um, but honestly, yeah. shout out to you for bringing all these pieces together. I knew something. I knew something. <laughs> I knew there was a reason why I liked you. <laughs> this confirms it to me. So even though I didn't know these stories around it, yeah. it, it you can't fake an energy that you feel when somebody yeah, does play. Nah. You know what I mean? Like, I could nah. tell a, a sleazebag, like, yeah, you just trying to, <laughs> you know what I mean? But somebody, yeah. the, the the this is why people like you want to see win, mm-hmm. because your win means you empower the whole ecosystem. Oh, yeah, no, definitely, man. I really believe that we need to empower each other, and then, yeah, um, that, that that's the way, that's the only way to go, to be honest. Fact. That's why um, in my music, I'm, I'm, that's what I say, like, it's hip-hop and Afrofusion, but I always try to send some positive message to empower people and um yeah um I'm, I'm i'm really also heavy into like afrofuturism so and afrofuturism literally is more about us black people taking control of our own narrative and thinking about a future what for instance the future could be if we never been colonized for instance right yeah. so it's always about yeah just um taking being more in charge of our life and then um, um, not being selfish, but more like selfless, but always finding a balance, right? Because you cannot pour from an empty cup. But um, I just like that, uh, I think it's South African philosophy, like a word Ubuntu, where they say, I am because we are. Mm-hmm. So, and also, I think that's just also the way that I've been raised by my parents, especially my mom, coming from a big family. Yeah, it's more like you cannot be selfish, man, unless mm. you want to be like cursed or whatever. But you <laughs> well, that's, a, that's like, all you had at the essential. Yeah, so growing up, I was just like witnessing that my mom helping um, so many people, especially as siblings and nephews and all that stuff. It's more like, okay, your cousin is your brother. Nah, nah, nah. So, yeah. And yeah. actually, that even how I ended up. I was sort of having family in Benin, and I was telling you one time, I was like, oh, you have actually, your last name is actually the same name as one of my uncles from Benin. I was yeah, like, man, no, do you facts. Really have, we, like, yeah, I forgot, yeah, we yeah. did talk about that, and I was, I was saying, like, like, my lineage, 
started in Benin, and yeah. then my great grandpa left Benin and he settled in Niger. Yeah, so maybe that's um, how you vibe with each other. Maybe we are amen. related, man. <laughs> Listen, we had that. I, I completely forgot we had that conversation. Yeah, 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 man. And that, and that's like our family in Benin. They used to live in Gabon, and then yeah, yeah now they moved back to Benin. So yeah, shout out to my Beninese family. Yeah. But yeah, man, you know, I just been. I grew up like that. I've been like surrounded by. African people being a Pan-African and then yeah that's to me to be honest I don't force that it's organic it's genuine yeah I do things for myself but I also know that I have to do things for my people facts yeah um what's the angle last question before we wrap things up okay um in a perfect world yeah what does your what is you attaining su- success looks like oh to me um I would love to be able to um, be able to take care of the people that I really, really love and care about, man. I think to me that would be amazing because, yeah, I'm a type of person, like, when I really like you, I'm going to spoil you, man. So I just want to be able to be in that position to spoil people, especially the people that I really love and care about. So, and then also, yeah, empowering people so that they can be it's more like a chain where like you empower people and then they're also going to empower people and then yeah. you just keep like you know snowball effect and you just keep going that way so to me success that's my representation of success where obviously I can be like making a living and I don't need to like you know um, be um, dependent on like anybody else Yeah. but that would be like just one of the side of the success but the other side and the biggest side would actually be able to use the exercise to empower people at least the people around me that I care about mm-hmm. and, and 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 for the people that doesn't even know me I guess that would be sometime if you can at least inspire just one person that can be like oh if he did it then maybe I can do that too because right. you know I came a long way and even you right so us being here in Canada which is like what they call like a first world country right and we're coming from developing countries or Flex. like what they call like the third world country but I'm like just us being here I know that there are some people back there they look up to us right Flex. and they're like oh this guy was able to do this like he's hosting so many parties in Toronto with the yeah. guy that everybody talk about Mr. Activated uh, oh that's Borelson we can see him like winning prizes working with the biggest in the industry so Flex. also like inspiring if you're just like one person that yeah. you're like okay man I think I can do that too man yeah but definitely success is like being able to sustain myself and also take care of the people that I love and I care about, man. So I really, I'm just doing my best to do that because to be honest, if I was just me, if I was just selfish, I think that right now I'm good. Yeah. But I'm You'll like, <laughs> oh no, right now I could be like, I'm good, man. I'm fu- <clears throat> yeah. That, that's my whole thing too. I, I was, just to wrap things up, I was just saying like, you have to pay it forward. And yeah. every time I look out for somebody, I always say, pay it forward to somebody else. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And then um, give let people know how they can reach you, your social media, yeah. uh, where to find your video. All uh, right. Let them know if they want to, I mean, this was great. <laughs> I'm fulfilled. I'm full. It looked like I just had a full meal. Yeah. Um, but let people know how they can reach you. 
and things. All right. But you're talking about me. I'll shout out to my Ghanaian people because your <laughs> food, man, was lit, man. It was good. Oh, yeah, man. Bonku, Wache. I'm going to be honest with you. That diarrhea is different. Because <laughs> it takes a little while for your stomach to adjust. Oh, man. <laughs> so, um, I would say you to reach out to me. So, yeah, my name is Borelson, B-O-R-E-L-S-O-N. So, you can find me on any social media, Instagram, um, Instagram.com slash Borelson. On Twitter, it's Borelson for music, the number four. Um, Facebook is also, yeah, Borelson. And then same thing on Spotify, Apple Music. So I would say, yeah, just let's link up. Let's connect on any social media. I have an album coming up. For now, I'm still promoting um, that, yeah, song, Don't Roll, produced by Junior T and featuring Chantal Rose. So just stay tuned because I have a lot coming up with that album this year. Um, I actually have a showcase. I don't know when that podcast is going to be released, but on February the 23rd, I have a showcase performance at that show called Afro Waves by my homeboy Lexicon. So I'm going to be. Shout out to him, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be performing there, Down to Roll, and another like track never performed before for my upcoming album, so you don't want to miss it. So, yeah, that's the way to find me and definitely stay tuned because 2020, I'm telling you, man, I'm bringing a over lot. Time. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 definitely, man. We didn't come this far to only come this far. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to say I appreciate you pulling up, man. Yeah, my um, pleasure, man. And uh, let's do this again, man. Oh, we yeah, man, man, definitely, man, here, because people need to know also more about your story, man, because what? it's true, like, you're the host, but I'm like, this guy also, like, yeah, hey, guy. putting in the work, man. I'm like, no, much respect, man, because also, to yeah. be honest, it's not because we're here like kind of show, but you an inspiration, yeah. man, definitely. And I've been, and your vibes and everything, so talented and everything you're doing for the city, for your community, man. I'm like, yeah, my, much respect, man, for that. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I. <clears throat> we friends now, man. It's a wrap. <laughs> um, for everybody tuning in, thanks again for tuning in. This is the Activated Podcast, and of course, you've officially been activated. Peace.